It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm David Asman. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, June 17, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. The latest Fox News polling finds Americans are feeling inflation more severely, and they're shifting on guns. And the number of those who disapprove of President Biden continues to climb. I think there's a deeply unsettling feeling around the country that the people who are supposed to kind of keep the reins on inflation are not doing a good job of it. We speak with Fox News anchor Martha McCallum. I'm Chris Foster. A majority of Americans say they're pessimistic about the economy. Nearly half say they're falling behind. It's really like double jeopardy for the average consumer. So not only are you seeing prices through the roof, the economy clearly struggling, but now your 401k is not doing well either. We speak with Fox Business reporter Jerry Willis. And I'm Jimmy Fallon. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. The latest Fox News poll shows where voters are feeling the pain and where they're shifting. On the economy, 47% of those polled said they are falling behind financially. That is four points higher than it was in March and 20 points higher than it was a year ago. The president's approval rate stands at 43% with 57% disapproving. Just 18% consider the economy in good or great shape. 82% believe it is only fair or poor. Fox News host Shannon Bream went over some of the results, which also included a big shift among Americans on guns. The Fox News poll found 56% think tougher gun laws could help reduce mass shootings. When asked what should be considered first, 44% said gun control laws, 46% said mental health and other things. Just seven years ago, 19% said gun laws, and 67% said mental health and other things. While the Senate works on crafting gun-related legislation, the White House is on defense over the economy. The president recently wrote a letter to oil companies noting their high profits, urging them to refine more to help with gas prices, after accusing the companies last week of not drilling because it means higher prices. One of the things that we are seeing currently right now with oil refineries is they are using this moment that there is a war in Ukraine to, to actually make a profit it when they there are steps that they can take so that we can actually lower lower gases low gas prices for families white house spokeswoman Karine jean-pierre was also asked about how the federal reserve which just raised rates again also predicted gdp growth will be under two percent for the next couple of years and if that is what the president calls steady and stable growth jean-pierre said there's been historic growth because of the president's policies and that we are transitioning into a steadier and more stable pattern I think there is a lack of acknowledgement of where the American people are. And I think this is an issue that we've kind of seen plaguing this administration since the beginning. Martha McCallum is a Fox News anchor and host of The Story. You know, you have to meet people where they are in the moment. And I think they came in with a certain agenda and they wanted to accomplish a lot of it. And then, you know, reality sort of smacks you in the face, unfortunately. And we all uh, we all have that experience. So. When you talk about sort of cutting back on fossil fuels and being concerned about climate, which, of course, is a concern, you have to kind of put some of those things into a neutral gear and deal with the situation that you have in front of you. So we now see this really interesting back and forth between the oil companies and the Biden White House over whose responsibility it is that gas prices are so high and what to do about it. So rather than 
you know, working together because they've already sort of tarred them with this brush. So I think there is going to be a moment of reckoning after these midterms where you're going to see some personnel changes. You're going to see some shifts. If that doesn't happen, I think it's pretty clear that the you know detachment that we see will just continue to come home to roost. 71% disapprove of the president's handling of inflation in the latest Fox News poll. And you just referenced some of the tension, right? What people want to hear. You know, we hear the president say, He's going to Saudi Arabia. We've heard the administration is talking to Venezuela, like you just said, writing letters to the oil companies, mm-hmm. telling them to refine more, sort of putting this on them. And yet half of respondents in the Fox News poll blame the president. Just 32 percent say it's the Putin price hike. Right. They blame Russia's President Vladimir Putin. The poll didn't ask you know, if this is the fault of the oil companies, but it sounds like the administration is looking at different ways to place the blame. I think so. You know, I think you have to be kind of level with people. And I do. Obviously, there is a factor in gas prices that is attributable to the war. There's no doubt about it. It looks like it's about a dollar and 20 cents, maybe a dollar and 30 cents. But we know that gas prices were rising prior to the war as well. So you just have to be clear eyed in terms of what is putting pressure on it. And we saw really increasing gas prices since the beginning of the Biden administration when they canceled the Keystone Pipeline and signaled that they were going to not do any new federal leases, things along those lines, send a very big signal to the oil markets that expansion is not in the cards in the US in the next year, three years, five years. Yeah, and that's obviously one of the things the oil companies keep saying is give us consistent policy. Martha, I have to ask you about another element of the Fox News poll that focused on guns. I was struck by a particular part of it in which Americans, it it looks like have really shifted on something. When asked what should be the focus in dealing with gun violence, 44% said gun control laws and 46% said mental health and other things. That's a big change from seven years ago when 19% said gun control laws, and 67% said mental health and other things. Are Americans more concerned about access to guns? Well, I think in the wake of what happened at Robb Elementary in Texas, it's not surprising to me that with that so fresh in everyone's minds that you see that kind of number. And my feeling from what I see in the polls and what I hear from politicians is that there's a lot of people who are in the middle on this issue. I think Matthew McConaughey was right about this. I think there are people, there are a lot of things that people could agree on towards the middle in this. And I think one of them is, if not raising the age to 21, at least putting in more restrictions in place. For example, a more stringent licensing period for people who are under 21. There's been a suggestion that they should have to have a co-signer to go with them for that purchase. So. I think that those are very reasonable changes. And, you know, we'll see. I think there could be 10 Senate Republicans who are open to uh, this framework of new rules around guns. And I think it's an area where people might come together a little bit more easily than was previously thought. One more Fox poll related question. The poll found only 3% more respondents would choose a Republican congressional candidate over a Democratic one ahead of midterms. The number one issue far and away, though, was inflation. And the poll found respondents think Republicans would handle that better than Democrats by 19 points. That's quite a bit. With 57% of those disapproving of the job the president is doing, what do we sort of make of that ball of wax right there? If the margin is really sort of very minimal between choosing a Republican over a Democrat, and yet 
inflation is the runaway issue and people largely think Republicans would deal with it better. It's always interesting when you ask the questions in that way. I think that the party <laughs> in power is always going to get the most criticism when it comes to the specific issue. When you're asked, you know, what do you think about inflation? Yes, they're doing a lousy job because I just pulled away from the gas station and I just paid one hundred and ten dollars to fill up my tank. So I think there's a lot of blame that gets targeted at the administration for that. And I think that, you know, you look at more than four trillion dollars that went into getting us out of covid and i think it's pretty clear now that that was too much that that was overkill and then you've got a fed that did not act soon enough and now they're trying to play catch up so i I think there's a deeply unsettling feeling around the country that the people who are supposed to kind of keep the reins on inflation are not doing a good job of it and they also told us it was transitory and now it's not so it's not surprising to me that the blame goes in that direction with inflation But I also think that when you're doing the Democrat-Republican polling, one of the issues that is going to weigh in there is this question on abortion and Roe v. Wade, because the third most important issue to voters on, on our recent polling was abortion. So when you look at some of these suburban districts in some of the swing states and places around the country where this decision is going to have an impact on some of those voters, I think that's where you're going to get a little bit. You're going to see some tightening up in some of these races between Republicans and Democrats. Um, Martha, just two more for you. You know, as well as I do, I think everybody who pays attention to anything has been hearing the word recession a lot more. Uh, Stock Mm -hmm. market dropped below 30,000 on Thursday. We hear more and more companies talking about layoffs, Tesla, Netflix, Carvana. The White House and the president himself have said, you know, They've been banking sort of on this strong labor market. We've heard Fed Chair Jerome Powell talk about the strong labor market. If we start seeing layoffs, does this flip the script for the White House on this? They, they hang their hat on that, right? And if that sort of turns around or shifts, how dramatic would that be? No, it's not a, it's not a pretty picture. And it appears, there was a good editorial this morning in the journal that it appears that the Fed is willing to risk recession in order to rein in inflation, meaning this is a three quarter point hike. We may see a 50 to 75 basis point hike again in July. So I sort of equate it to if you're hitting the brakes in your car and you've been going too fast and you're about to hit the back of the truck in front of you, you have to tap the brakes in order to prevent the accident. But it appears that they didn't tap the brakes soon enough. So now they're screeching on the brakes. And Mm. if you actually hit the truck in front of you, you are going to be in recessionary zone. But the car will stop. And so it appears that they are kind of putting their eggs in the basket on the side of if we have to endure a recession, we'll hope that it's shallow and short. But if it keeps prices from rising at the rate that they're going now, we will have accomplished something. And absolutely everybody is starting to rethink their purchases, their hiring, because everything that any company runs across the country is costing them more now. Which is fascinating given all the talk we've heard for the past year and a half is how hard it's been to find employees and fill those jobs. Yeah. You know, a lot of what they're talking about was just sort of a given. When you lock down the entire economy in an unprecedented way during a pandemic, when you reopen it again, you're going to get a huge jump in employment and business activity. There's just right. no two ways about that. Last question. 
Midterm related, really, because, right, you referenced it. There's this big red wave predicted and historically just precedent setting. We always see the control of the House flip, you know, after the first year of a president's term. But I want to go to South Texas. What should we make of a Republican already flipping a South Texas border seat from blue to red? Myra Flores, a Mexican-born woman married to a border agent, just won a special election based on the old district lines. But Democrats say don't get comfortable. Redistricting has made the seat more blue, so in November you're, you're gone. Can we still make any assumptions based on her win, even with the low turnout? Well, I'll tell you what we can take away from her win, and I think you know, Democrats didn't put a lot of muscle into that race because it is a pretty safe district for them. But it definitely is a wake up call that she won. What I do see is that she represents a lot of Hispanic voters. She's a woman who came here with her family from Mexico. Her parents were migrant farm workers. She was educated and she is conservative in her values, in her faith, in the way that she approaches security issues. So what happens with any group that becomes Americans, whether it's the Irish or the Italian, you know, over the centuries, mm. eventually they become just Americans, right? Mm. And when that happens, they are not to be treated as a monolithic voting block that is going to always stay with one party or another because their concerns are their concerns as Americans and people who want their family to thrive here. I think that the Hispanic voting trend in the country and the African-American voting trend in the country are two of the most interesting things to watch when we get into the midterms and certainly in the presidential, because yes. it's changing. It's changing in very small amounts, but it's been consistent, really, since the first President Bush election. We saw it in the Trump election where they're chipping away at the Democrat dominance with these groups of voters. And I think it is a trend that is going to be one of the things we talk the most about when we cover these midterms and presidential elections. Fox News anchor and host of The Story, Martha McCallum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jessica. Great to be with you guys. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This is Jimmy Fallon with your Fox News commentary coming up. The latest Fox News poll has just 18% of Americans saying the economy is good or excellent. Around 9 in 10 say higher gas and grocery prices are a problem for their family. 41% say inflation will be the most important issue when they vote for Congress in November. That could be bad news for Democrats, with most voters saying Republicans are better at handling inflation. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi... How do we address the inflation issue? We do so by increasing supply at home and doing so in a way that has a direct impact on America's kitchen table. Top Senate Republican Mitch McConnell. Democrats spent 2021 trying to respond to inflation with even more, even more reckless spending. And now they are spending 2022 trying to respond to a looming recession. There's concern about a recession coming out of the decision to raise interest rates to tame inflation. Consumers are under a lot of economic pressure right now. Uh, prices spiraling out of control. Inflation is high. Jerry Willis is a reporter and anchor on Fox Business. And despite the fact that their incomes have increased, 
incomes haven't gone up as much uh, as prices. So they're stretched. And what's more, there are lots of red signals throughout the economy. The stock market has been falling. Housing prices are wavering. There's lots of concern out there. And when you get that kind of concern in the gut that consumers feel, they stop spending. And you've seen the consumer confidence numbers come down pretty dramatically here. Is it is it non necessities that that's falling? I mean, people have to spend money on gas for the most part. Have to spend money on energy, food, all that stuff that's up. So, is it the other stuff that that's going by the wayside? Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, so, if you're a high end re- retailer, you're a Peloton, and you're trying to sell thousand uh, dollars bikes, forget about it. That's not going to work. But Kroger, for example, uh, doing pretty well here. Walmart did well, but it's to the degree that you can offer private label goods, right? So if you're a retail, you're in that space where you're selling things that people absolutely have to have, cannot do without, and you're able to offer something that's not branded, that's cheaper than it otherwise might be, you're in good shape. But I have to tell you, so I heard this on the Walmart uh, earnings conference call a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about the pressure on the consumer and what what they said is this, not only are we seeing people trade down from branded goods to unbranded goods, also seeing people like buy a half a gallon of milk rather than a full gallon of milk. Now, that to me is evidence of real pain out there because you got to have that milk anyway if you got kids, right? Right. right. And it's another yet another way where if you aren't as well off in the long run, you're, you end up spending more money than if you were well off, because that half gallon of milk doesn't cost half as much as the gallon of milk. That's right. So, what's what's going on? Is this all, not all, but is this still largely COVID hangover, the inflation? So, it's a hangover from all the spending we did through COVID. Uh, we had this massive amount of federal dollars that poured into the economy and into consumers' pockets. Don't forget about that. So, for a long time, consumers could spend willy-nilly, and that's why you saw Peloton go into the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, people actually had the dollars to spend. That money is now winding down. Stimulus dollars are pretty much gone, and you're starting to see all those programs to forgive debt, the rental forgiveness, uh, the student debt forgiveness, all that stuff is being pulled away. And now savings are coming down pretty dramatically. And we just reported this week that uh, credit card debt, $841 billion, 20% uh, against a year, up 20% from a year ago. We're seeing people putting stuff on plastic, and this is not a good sign. Yeah. Hindsight being what it is, do you think, is the prevailing opinion, uh, that the last round of COVID relief was probably too much, A, and B, um, that the Fed had its head in the sand and should have been gradually raising interest rates for longer than it had, sooner than it has. Well, no doubt about it. So probably that last round of COVID money we shouldn't have had. It was too much. It overheated the economy. This is just basic economics. And this is the thing that is so frustrating that people generally don't understand how things work. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the economic, the plumbing of the economy, how it works. You pump a bunch of free money in there. It's not a positive over the long term. Eventually, you have to pay for it. And your other question about... Uh, whether the Fed was too slow to act. I think, yes, the Fed was too slow to act. The Fed should have started acting more quickly. No doubt about it. It is one of the hardest things to call in the economy. 
But if they were slow to get started, they could have gone faster earlier on. And that's where I find the real problem. Like 75 basis points, we could easily have done 1%. We didn't do that. Um, So I think there's a lot of anxiety in the markets among not just traders, but investors, professionals are thinking, where are we going next? There's a lot of uncertainty. You know, markets hate uncertainty. So it's really like double jeopardy for the average consumer. So not only are you seeing prices through the roof, the economy clearly struggling, but now your 401k is not doing well either. And that creates this kind of mindset, this mindset of sort of recession, worry, uh, and it really changes the tone of what's going on. Look, all through COVID, at least you know you knew that your 401k was on fire, right? Right. Not anymore. Yeah, the gains have all been wiped out uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said that part of the problem is consumer confidence in this self-fulfilling prophecy that the economy is in decent shape, we're set up to, to get inflation under control, but that people are telling themselves that things are terrible, therefore things are going to be terrible. Is there All anything right. to okay. that? Can I just... Anybody who blames the consumer for this... I don't think so. You know, Chairman Powell has his foot on the gas pedal. The buck stops there. The buck stops with Congress. The buck stops with whoever is in the White House. To blame consumers for this, that's ridiculous. They are not the ones who created or caused this. They didn't create the COVID pandemic. That was not their fault. The fact that they spent free dollars that somebody gave them. How surprising is that? They actually saved a lot of that money and savings rates went through the roof. I hear this all the time from guys on Wall Street. Well, you know, consumers are the dumb money. Really? (laughs) Those are the people you rely on to keep this economy going. So don't complain to me about consumers and what they do with their money. What's going on with supply and demand? Um, For a long time, if you want a new washer dryer, a new dishwasher, months and months and months and months and months, has that eased at all? Well, you know, it's getting better, but it doesn't matter now because people aren't spending, right? right? So the kinds of things that you might have been waiting for a year or two, uh, I don't know, brick and mortar for your addition or uh, a, a new roof or windows or doors or whatever... Yeah, it's been hard to get, and it's getting slightly better, but most people can't afford it now, or they're just too anxious to make the move. So we're seeing some improvements in that, um, but it's really, at this point, yesterday's story, because the the nexus of concern and worry is something very different. It's like, how do we wipe out this inflation uh, that is not just you know killing consumers, yes, but also killing the economy? We've been talking about retailers. This is very tough for them. Most of them have have loaded on additional uh, pay for workers. Uh, Starbucks has taken multiple wage hikes. Uh, We've seen Walmart raise their wages for workers across the board again and again. And so, the real problem with that is that's really how inflation gets going. You talk to Larry Summers. Remember Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary? Mm-hmm. He says it's the expectation of wage gains, that they're always going to be higher and that they're coming fast. That is the thing that really set, sets inflation on its spiral. Well, and once those jobs that used to be 8 12 bucks an hour are 18 20 bucks an hour, um, you're not going to be able to hire the next round of people for eight or twelve bucks an hour, and th- even when the prices, if the prices were going to come down, now you've set a new standard for wages. It's a good point, and I think that 
the thing about inflation is it just gets baked in and it's impossible to scrub away, right? I Look, I want to see people make a fair wage and I'm, I'm all in favor of that. But what's going on right now is that employers are just throwing money at people. And I'm not sure they're having a lot of time to think about what makes sense for my long term. Where do I really want these new job dollars to go? Yeah, they're just trying to keep the lights on yeah. and keep people in. Uh, what do you tell people who say, what, what's something you can do with interest rates going up, what what do you do? Just take every, 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 every penny you can, just plow it into savings, pay off the credit so, cards, et cetera? Okay. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, first of all, pay off those credit cards, because the average credit card rate right now is over 16%. You had another 3% on it, which is what the Fed's probably going to do this year. Are you kidding me? Nearly 20% for credit card debt? Month to month, that's a non-starter. You must get rid of that. Roll it over into a, a low-rate transfer card, or just pay it down. That's the opportunity there. That's what you should do. But also, savings interest rates will increase, but maybe not at the major banks. You got to get online and look at those online banks that are well known. And these these companies have had businesses now for decades. They're offering slightly better rates. Is it coming up fast? New. No, it is not. But it's not coming up as fast as the credit card rates are. Yeah. Well. But the thing is, you've got to do something with your cash right now because inflation is killing you. So get something and get a little better than what the lowest offers are. You mentioned 401ks. Last question. 401ks uh, falling. The advice always is chill out. If you're not too close to retirement, it's going to bounce back. What should we have done with our 401ks Six months ago. <laughs> Diversified more yeah. and uh, prepped for a slowdown. You know, I think people like to invest in what they think they already know. So Amazon, uh, all of these red hot tech companies were really um, exciting for people to invest in because they use them. They knew them. They understood the technology. And especially for young people, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is Tesla. I get it. I understand it. I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. But at this point, if you are somebody with a 401k in your years and years from retirement, don't turn off your contributions because you're buying stocks super cheap right now. That's a great thing. If you're close to retirement, you got to sit back and think, what am I comfortable with? What do I want to do? Don't sell willy-nilly. Always a disaster. But think about more diversification into things that'll do better during an economic slowdown. So I'm talking about, and this is boring, I'm sorry, utilities. I'm talking about consumer staples. So the old-fashioned Procter & Gamble's of the world, things like that. That's going to get you from here to there, right? That's going to get you through the recession. But you're going to have to pay more attention. It's not like just picking up gold off the ground, like it used to be. The esteemed Jerry Willis, Fox Business. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. Did you hear the news? Now you can with instant updates from Fox News for Amazon Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play news from Fox. In Fox News. It's the latest when you need it on demand from Fox News and Amazon Alexa.
Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And now, some good news with Tanya J. Powers. Country icon Dolly Parton has a soft spot for children, and she's putting her money where her heart is. She's donated a million dollars to Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, money that will be used to fight childhood infectious diseases. In a news release, Dolly said, quote, no child should ever have to suffer. The new gift is one of several Parton has made to the center over the years. In 2020, she made a $1 million gift for COVID vaccine research. Dolly's no stranger to philanthropic giving. Her Imagination Library has gifted more than 182 million books all over the world since she started it in 1995. According to Billboard, she has also previously donated to the Barbara Davis Center for Childhood Diabetes, Save the Music Foundation, The Boot Campaign, and others. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jimmy Fallon. What's on your mind? Father's Day is here, and let me just say there is no higher privilege than being a dad. In fact, I'll never forget the moment Maury Povich told me it was mine. I have one son, Lincoln. But in this world where everybody gets offended by everything, even the name Lincoln has become controversial. So now he goes by his middle name, OJ. Okay, that's a joke, but raising a good kid is a serious responsibility that far too many people are dropping the ball on. And if you don't believe me, you've never been on Twitter. What a land of misfit toys that place is. But the truth is, 99 times out of 100, if you see someone behaving terribly, chances are they didn't have a strong dad to teach them right from wrong. Which is a nice way of saying they didn't have a guy who'd kick their butts if they got out of line. Man, my dad sure did. I'm Italian, which means not only did I get beat as a kid, but my parents used weapons. True story. Every Italian kid got beat by either a belt or a spoon. And that wasn't the messed up part. The messed up part was you had to go get it for them. Do you know how traumatic it is to go get an inanimate object that you know is going to destroy your life? It's the closest thing to buying an engagement ring I can explain to you. But if you do buy that ring and have a kid someday, I'm not telling you to spank him or her, but I am telling you to raise them right, because society needs it more than ever. And being a good dad is the best gift you could ever give your dad. Who doesn't want a tie or a macaroni necklace or some exhausting brunch to sit through half as much as he wants you to be a happy, decent person who was raised the right way? So happy Father's Day to all the dads who laid down the law so their kids didn't wind up breaking it when they grew up. This Bud's for you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.